Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Ronin System Podcast. Today, I have a guest, uh, Chandler. Chandler, want to introduce yourself? Uh, hey, man. Chandler, first time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I found you on Reddit, and you told me you're a UNC student, right? UNC yeah. UNC. I go here at uh, UNC Charlotte. When did you start? Uh, I started uh, last semester. Last semester, so you're technically a freshman. Right? Oh, technically. I transferred from community college. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, kind of what I came on the podcast to talk about. Yeah, what what did you study? Uh, well, right now I'm studying uh, mechanical engineering. Oh, I'm cool. doing the uh, motorsports concentration. Really? What like for Na- like NASCAR and stuff? Uh, I don't know which exact like discipline, but I've I've always loved cars, loved mechanical systems, and there's just a I think it's a tragedy that people don't understand the beauty and complexity of all the systems that make their car run and drive. They think they just put gas in it and turn the key. Yeah, you know, take take me from point A to point B kind of stuff. Exactly. And it's like, I've always just loved, like, mechanical systems and the way they interact with each other. And, like, cars are the most complex mechanical system you interact with on a daily basis. It's like over 2,000 moving parts, right? Oh, it's... God. <laughs> There's probably 2,000 moving parts just in the engine alone. And... It can go up and down from there. You can make a two-stroke that has four or five moving parts, and you can make a Koenigsegg in um, Sweden. Is uh, if I'm wrong, somebody's going to yell at you in the comments. <laughs> is going to um, they're making an engine right now that has thousands of moving parts because it um, uses individual um, solenoid valves on each engine valve, which probably shouldn't go into technical car stuff yeah i mean it's, it's going over my head so. i'm sorry man no no you're fine you're fine uh what do you drive uh i have a 2002 subaru wrx oh, okay wrx yeah. yeah that's like the car yeah it's it's pretty w- cool what's your dream car that, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> but um see that's really hard my like absolute fantasy dream car is a zonda r but there are like three of those in existence and um it's not really legal, but right now, actually, I think my like attainable dream car is an Audi R8 because R8, those are yeah. uh, those are coming down actually. Yeah, I mean, I I actually drive an Audi Q5, really? and like just driving that, I can tell like they're they're machines, like they're great. I'm actually I'm actually studying German as well. Oh really? For, yeah, I love Audis, especially like their new um the new styling they have going on. Yeah, I thought that uh. Do you like Star Wars? Yeah, I do. I love Star Wars. So, you know, like, the new kind of art style they went with, with the uh, Empire? Yeah. I always thought that was, like, very reminiscent of Audi. Yeah, it is. And, like, especially, like, um, an Audi R8 or an RS7 in white. Yeah. With black. Yeah, I mean, those... And they they really kind of keep with... Because when I think, like, the Empire, Mm -hmm. I think, like, snow, like, winter... And Audi's always trying to push like the their winter sales and stuff, and yeah, and always driving in the snow. In the snow, the all wheel drive, and they always have those like those really nice dark grays. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of the like gunmetal gray Audis. So you're here at UNCC, and it's you told me it was a commuter college. So mm-hmm. do you get to drive your car a lot? Um, it depends. Like this week, I didn't have much uh, in the way of work which is very rare, but I actually didn't even start my car from like Monday till when I got back from work till uh, yesterday when I left to go. So it just, it just sits in the parking lot? Yeah. I just mean, uncovered? Yeah. Well, there's parking decks, but oh, okay. the parking deck's kind of annoying to get to you from where I live. So I just leave it in the lot. But like, 
I, I don't drive the WRX right now. And even if I was, I don't care if it's uncovered. That car is 280,000 miles. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get to that 300 mark. Oh, it's going to get there uh, come hell or high water. So commuting-wise, I mean, I see if you're longboard here. Do you just take that around? Yeah, pretty much. Um, unless you need to go over uh, to the north side of campus, that's where all the engineering classes are. Mm-hmm. Everything's very walkable. Like, you can get from... Um, uh, where I live in Levine is kind of like the extreme one end of campus. Mm. And I can walk all the way across in 15 minutes. But cool, cool. if you want to go all the way up the hill to Duke or something, it's a 30-minute oh, walk. I, I walked here from the Union parking deck, mm-hmm. and you warned me about the stairs, but it was a lot of stairs. Dude, my first day here, my watch uh-huh. said that I had um, walked 13 miles and like <laughs> 25 flights of stairs. God, that's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't imagine it because Charlotte is like pretty flat, but then like here, it's just all the hills. Yeah, as soon as you get out of Uptown, like especially up here, it just goes right into it, just big old waves. Do you, do you like, do you skateboard or anything else? No, I, I never skateboarded. I actually only started longboarding at the beginning of this year because oh, okay. m- both my parents are physical therapists, so they have kind of a thing against like action sports, especially longboarding. My cousin actually got a traumatic brain injury when he got hit by a car longboarding really? on campus. Yeah, so my mom was really not okay with it at first. But it's it's really the best way to get around here. You have to, like, lock and unlock bikes. Yeah. And there's so many hills that even if you have to, like, even on a longboard, you're going faster uphill, yeah. and then you don't have to do anything but stand there to go downhill. So. Yeah. So you didn't play any sports or just uh, oh like no. ha- high-impact sports? Oh no! I, I played football. I okay. played soccer. I did a lot of sports when I was younger, and that uh, I might actually go into some things that we talk about later because a big reason that I played sports was because well, one, I felt like I was supposed to. Yeah. Like I felt like that was the path I was being guided down because you know, my father he played sports and he's a physical therapist. He's got a degree in athletic training. Like it's kind of a kind natural of progression. For it. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, but what I really loved was soccer. I still love soccer. I referee high school soccer. I played recreation for years, but instead of focusing on soccer, I thought it was cooler to play football, which I did and ended up getting a bunch of concussions and washing out because I, I, you know, I couldn't get out of bed because my head hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely the, I think the shittiest part about football is mm-hmm. just like the, the hard hits. Yeah, it's I don't want to say it's a it's a cultural problem, but it's after years of just being immersed in it, I I I have a hard time supporting it because it's a it's a fun it's a fun sport and there's lots of great lessons to be learned from sports, but one of those shouldn't be to run into other people as hard as humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I understand that the brutality is part of the appeal, but like they're encouraging kids to hurt themselves for other people's entertainment. And then in 99.99% of cases, they'll never see a dime for it. Yeah. And it's usually, you know, even if they get that, like, to the highest level, like NFL, mm-hmm. afterwards, they have, like, a bunch of medical issues, especially, like, brain issues, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, I'm kind of with you in that in that same camp, but moreover, because I don't see the entertainment appeal of football. No. Just didn't really make sense. I mean, so you're a bigger fan of soccer. Uh, yes. The real football. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's more entertaining, even though, like, on average, there's the score is like one to one or like two to one, like really low. Like, like that's the thing. That's why that's why Americans don't think that soccer is exciting because Americans are used to seeing big numbers. That's yeah. why you score seven points in football because 
hell, football would work pretty much the same way if if you got three points for a touchdown and one point for a yeah, kick. Exactly. The math still works out. Exactly. Well, almost. But, I mean, I guess the other end, if we're talking about sports here, is mm-hmm. like NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could count baseball, but I, I wouldn't count baseball. I don't even know how baseball works. Yeah, I, I was... I've been to a couple of baseball games and they were fun, but I I, I was never really a big baseball person. Yeah, I like, mean it's it's even slower than football, mm-hmm. so it, it just never really makes sense. So you don't do you you still play like rec- recreational like soccer and all that stuff? And yeah, when I can. Else? Um, no, not really. I like to go to the gym a lot, but yeah. that's kind of like that's kind of like my return to center. Just kind of like a relaxing place you can go to. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I I didn't. Obviously, I didn't grow up with the same kind of like dad or parents who were, you felt like you were forced into it. But I, I did grow up playing a lot of sports. Um, I wrestled mm-hmm. in uh, in high school, and that was probably like the biggest thing for me. And with that, I'm going to kind of transition into what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people that listen to this podcast regularly know that I actually dealt with, you know, depression and suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts and all that kind of stemming from you know, high school, a little bit of wrestling, but it's, it's weird. It's contradictory, but wrestling actually helped me to find something to get over that, or at least help me get over that. Um, and you know, if you're okay with talking about it, we actually talked about you having the similar issues. So you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, in high school, I was, I, I was one sad kid. I did not, I, I didn't have many friends and I feel like the reason that was, was because yeah, I've I've done a lot of thinking about this in the time since because you know it's it's tormented me for years yeah. in like ways that don't logically make sense. Mm-hmm. Like why do I give a shit about what people thought of me in high school? Yeah. But you know, it's still there and I'm still having to deal with it. But so I I feel like what I was doing wrong, especially in high school, is I had already decided who I wanted my friends to be mm-hmm. rather than taking them as they came. Because, like, that's why I wanted to play football. I decided, like, I want to be cool. Cool kids play football. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like them. Mm-hmm. And I denied that to myself. And, like, I did so many things in high school that I either, A, didn't want to do or hid things that I did want to do because I was worried about, you know, what other people would think. So it, it, it was just kind of like you were, you weren't you is what you're trying to say. Exactly. And so, I mean, wh- what were the things you did to, to kind of get out of that? To move past it? Yeah. Well, I had to hit rock bottom first. Yeah. So what happened was kind of at the end of eighth grade, I had, I'm eighth grade, 12th grade, when I was graduating, mm-hmm. I had kind of, you know, started to self-realize a little bit and, you know, make a few friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, this is it. Like, I got it. Mm-hmm. And so after I graduated, my family went away on a beach vacation Mm -hmm. and I made up some kind of excuse to stay because I had already made a plan. Mm -hmm. And I threw four parties in a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. There were a ton of people there. And like, this sounds like some sort of douchey brag, but this is is really one of the things I'm most embarrassed about in my entire life. Like, I love my parents and they love me and God knows I probably wouldn't be here without them. And I disrespected their home like that. Mm-hmm. And like, we trashed the place. It was, and I, I come from a small town. I was infamous for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was notorious all of a sudden. And like, 
I was living large. Like I was on top of the world until, you know, reality crashed back in. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, oh my God, I just destroyed my parents' house. Oh my God, these people that I could not care less about and are honestly kind of trashy people now think I'm the coolest thing ever. Like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. And that reality kind of hit home. And to rewind a little bit, before like before these parties and stuff happened, I had been accepted to come here to UNC Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Like the week before I had come for my orientation, I was accepted into mechanical engineering. I was going to start on the exact same track that I started on at the beginning of this year. And after those parties and after all that crashed home, like everything, all those years of depression and darkness just came rushing back. And one day I was waiting to go to work and I just looked at all the pills on the counter and I was like, why not? Like, I didn't even think about it. Like I, I found every pill in the house that I could and I took all of them. Really? Yeah. And what happened? Well, I stood there for 15 minutes and I didn't die. <laughs> so I figured I was all right. So I jumped on my bike and I and I rode to work because I, I was working as a lifeguard at our local pool at the time. Oh, that's even <laughs> So I'm there and my mom shows up in a cloud of tire smoke mm -hmm. and runs up to the front gate where I'm working and... Uh, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I remember her getting there. I remember walking into the hospital and then I remember leaving. And in that time I was I was in the hospital for 2 weeks. Yeah. And all of that is a blank. And I had taken all of my antidepressants mm -hmm. which gave me seizures which were making my temperature shoot up so high that they had to put me under into an induced wow. coma to keep me from cooking my brain. And then my heart stopped for 45 seconds. Wow. And then it came back. I mean, that's, that's legit. Like I right at the edge. Yeah. I died. Yeah. Like a big motif for me now is, is the Phoenix. I have, I have a, a tattoo. I want of it. That's mm -hmm. the name of my car. Cause like me, it's come back from the dead. I mean, that's, that's literally it. Like that's... I, I have literally died. And, you know, coming face to face with your own mortality like that really does some things to you. Mm -hmm. And it really, it, it really messed me up for a little while. So I was in the hospital. I missed when I was supposed to move in here. Mm -hmm. So I had to get like a medical withdrawal. And then when I got out of that hospital, my parents sent me to a, to a mental facility in Raleigh, mm -hmm. which was the worst week of my life <laughs> because I was like this, the youngest person there, because I was mm -hmm. barely 18. Yeah. And I was like weeks into being 18. And there were people like detoxing off of heroin. Yeah. Like it was like, I know what my parents were doing. Like, I know they were like, he needs help. Like mm -hmm. send him to a mental hospital. But like, this was, this sucked. If anybody out there is like considering suicide, like if for no other reason, it's a pain in the ass, like, please don't do it for the love of God. Like it, it was, it was the worst and you know i got out of that after a week and then i wasn't allowed out of my parents site for like oh yeah i'm, I'm sure a month like, like like literally i had to like be in like in eyesight of them mm -hmm. for a month and then you know things kind of slowly returned to normal yeah. and then and then i got into drugs <laughs> which was because when they started to give me a little more freedom back i 
I found that all of the people I had known had gone off to college and mm-hmm. the ones that were left were the bad ones. Yeah, the bad ones. And, you know, I started I'd never really you know, I might have smoked weed like a few times in high school. Mm-hmm. Like like once a month tops. Mm-hmm. But that was like the extent of my drug use until then and then you know i started hanging out with these people and it's like oh well if i do this with them like they want to hang out with me because i have drugs and the drugs make me feel less shitty Mm -hmm. and i feel like what a lot of people like don't realize about like addiction because i i was i was definitely addicted yeah but i wasn't addicted to the drugs i was addicted to the situation that it came with Mm -hmm. because if I had some weed, like all of a sudden everybody wanted to come smoke with me. Yeah. You but, you were into like what it gave you. I was buying friends. Yeah. And it wasn't even for like the high or anything or like, no. like how it made you feel. It's just for the interaction. Yeah. It was, it was just for interaction. I mean, that's, I'm not going to lie. That's like movie quality stuff. Yeah. Especially it was, that the, you know, the whole situation. I mean, that's, that's like things most people couldn't even imagine meeting someone like that, you know? No. And so I guess what I want to move on to is just talk about, you know, how you're feeling now after coming, coming out of that. Do you feel like you have like a new, a new sense of who you are? Oh, absolutely. If there's, if there's anything that that time in my life taught me, it was um, about what I, what I really cared about, like what I really wanted Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I did want to be popular or whatever and wanted, but you know, not for the wrong reasons, yeah. like not for those reasons. Yeah. I decided that I wanted to be popular because I was who I was. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I didn't have time for people who didn't like me for who I was. Because, you know, in the end, like you have one life mm-hmm. and you're the one that gets to slash has to live it. So like, you should really do these things for you. Yeah. And I mean... I know that sounds like such cliche advice, but the reason you hear it so much is because it's true. Yeah, it's cliche because it's true. But, you know, like for for me, I I now feel like anyone that I come across that feels the same or may feel the same, you know, or has been through the same things, I, I want to be there for them, you know, because I understand or at least I kind of understand what it's like, you know. And so have you ever come across anyone else that? Oh, yeah. Lots of people. And I, I get it a lot. Like people always tell me that I'm I'm easy to open up to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's because, you know, like I've I've had those experiences, like I've had those struggles. I understand. Like I understand in a way that someone who's never gone through that because like depression is like like it's it's something wrong with you. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yeah. Like it's not and like I feel like other people who haven't been on it just can't really relate. Yeah, I mean, did it spring up like an interest in like psychology or anything? Yeah, I've I've always I've got a very scientific mind. I always I like to understand how like things work. Yeah, and kind of the drugs kind of played into that. Like, of chemistry, and I love especially drug chemistry. Not because like, you know, I'm just like a crazy like druggy now. Because mm-hmm. like, I find psychology in the mind so interesting, and I feel like it's a really, you know, it's like an experiment. You know how, like, when you were in chemistry, your teacher would do some little experiment to demonstrate a concept? Yeah, just mix some chemicals together, create, yeah. like, a solution or something. You know, just to, like, prove to everyone that it's real. Yeah. Like, I think that drugs are a proof that your mind is nothing more than a collection of, of chemicals. Yeah. And 
that really goes into consciousness mm-hmm. and kind of the nature of that, which has always fascinated me. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, the brain is like just an engine and you're putting different types of fuel into it, right? Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I do you, do you know Joe Rogan? Mm-hmm. Do you watch his podcast or listen to his podcast at all? Occasionally. It, um... Yeah, sometimes. Do you I, know what DMT is? <laughs> <laughs> as soon, I knew where you were going as soon as you said Joe Rogan. He always talks about DMT. Haven't done DMT. One time I was at, I was at like a a, a rave mm-hmm. thing, and a dude gave me like a vape, and I hit it, and he like taps me on the shoulder, and he's like, "Hey, by the way, that's DMT," and I was like. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm ready for this. And then he just like slapped me on the show and he's like, ha, just kidding. I was kind of disappointed, <laughs> honestly. But You're trying to get yourself like hype. Yeah, I was, I was like, well, I mean, I'm no stranger to psychedelics. It's not, yeah. it didn't really scare me. I was just like, okay, this is like, we're at like a concert. There's like some crazy ass industrial dubstep going on mm-hmm. behind me. Like, I'm not sure if I want to step into the spirit world while like... <laughs> where like a robotic dinosaur gets like shoved into a trash compactor like yeah you just start seeing things oh dude have you seen um bandersnatch on netflix i haven't actually dude you gotta watch it i i was the last thing i watched on netflix was love death and robots and that messed with my mind really what's, what's that about it's like a collection of um like uh animated adaptations of science fiction stories short stories and really? yeah highly recommended there's some really good stuff in there it's like very much like hard r tvma so like frankenstein kind of stuff or like Like, science fiction science like like modern science fiction modern science like well like there's one about like a a dude who gets lost on a hyperspace jump and ends up at this like station millions of light years away from the galaxy and he'll never make it home and him like the psychological torture of him like realizing that he is by, basically by himself for the rest of his life. Yeah, like he, like he is a dead man walking. He will never see another human again, kind of thing. And then, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil any of it. You should definitely watch it if you like science fiction or really, really anything that's kind of like that. It's got a lot of like psychological horror kind of yeah. thriller. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff does interest me. Um, and actually, last night. You know what uh, Cell is? It's like it's a book by Stephen King, but it's also a movie. It's a pretty shitty movie, but it's still a movie. I've, I've I've heard of it. Yeah, I was watching it last night, and I mean the concept of it is kind of like science fiction horror, and basically a little bit of psychology thrown into it. I I feel like they did it a little wrong, but basically the idea is that if you're in the radius of a cell phone, then you will be infected, and if you're infected you're going to either a go out and just slaughter people like or you're going to want to infect more people and so obviously it's it's scary because when you think about it we like there's cell phones everywhere your cell phone signals everywhere and so you know you don't know what what could happen i mean what's yeah especially like with what's been going on recently like um like people like things walk among us like yeah killers all kinds of bad things and i mean it's it's crazy really the just the amount of trust that we put in each other like if you think about it if you're driving down the road if you're driving down a two-lane road at 55 miles an hour and there's someone coming towards you like you're trusting that person to not like drift out of their lane and completely kill both of you because head-ons at 55 or not yeah 
it's just pretty to be bad yeah and like and you put your trust in people like that thousands upon thousands of times a day and at the same time like we don't even trust each other not to like i wouldn't leave my phone out on the table here because somebody would walk off with it yeah i mean just now when we're switching rooms i felt like someone's gonna take your longboard yeah but i mean the thing is you know it's it's so society is so weird in that we have to interact but we're Mm -hmm. not sure if we want to interact you know it's like a need but it's it's just so weird because you ever heard of the book wisdom of psychopaths i haven't sounds interesting. very interesting book yeah it basically talks about how everyone has the capacity to be a psychopath oh absolutely yeah and you don't know if that person is a psychopath or not and you don't know if if they are at what level like which side of the coin exactly and that's the really scary thing is like what makes a psychopath is like they're normal Mm -hmm. up until they do something horrible yeah exactly and like in the book he talks about how a lot of surgeons are psychopaths you know Mm -hmm. like like, uh, a lot of navy seals are psychopaths because they don't have a capacity to to feel in those moments you know they just do their work get in get get it done you know there's no emotion to it and so i mean it doesn't sound scary Mm -hmm. but it is scary because what if what they want to do or what they're going to do you know it could be like killing someone there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emotion attached to killing someone right yeah i was i actually um i watched a youtube video um of a guy who was like shooting with a dude who was like a uh he was a special op sniper Mm -hmm. he's one of the deadliest ever in history and the way he talked about it it was kind of scary actually he talked about he's like yeah we were just out there like we'd go out drop four dudes a night like he he just talked about yeah like i mean i'm sure that they would have loved to kill him but like i'm sure someone loved them Mm -hmm. like it's not it's not me defending anyone Mm -hmm. but just like no matter how horrible like when you take taking someone else's life is not to be taken lightly no matter how horrible they are because it's just it's a ripple effect everyone touches thousands of other people every day yeah and it's you don't know what what the repercussions are exactly and i mean again going back into like the netflix have you seen any of like the black mirror stuff i i've seen some of it but honestly i i kind of avoid it because i kind of avoid things like that because i feel like i feel like life is like twisted and creepy enough so yeah. when i so when i look for something to to do like i i normally stick to things that are you know happier and lighter you know because i i feel like a lot of those things are manufactured to create drama and people's very boring lives yeah i mean and, that kind of stuff it does that but mm-hmm. it i feel like it also for the people that are experiencing it and don't know it it's kind of like you know the woke phase kind of thing exactly but I, I get the whole because I mean, I wouldn't say I like to watch that stuff, but I can't help but watch it. You know, especially when it comes on, mm-hmm. I just kind of I'm glued to it. Especially because they do they do it so well. They make it it's believable. Yeah, they make it really believable. And my girlfriend, she's like on the other side of that. You mm-hmm. know, she's she's more like you, where she wants to watch something happy. Um, and so she'll get me to watch things like, um, like Zootopia. Mm-hmm. you've seen that movie yeah yeah i like that movie actually yeah yeah i actually thought that movie had a lot of it was surprisingly had a surprisingly adult take on a lot of things yeah yeah i was, I was gonna say that because even that movie it they put a lot of like 
cultural things in mm-hmm. it. You know, like the whole issue of her being a bunny mm-hmm. is related to her being like a woman, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and stuff. it's like, it's a big like metaphor for discrimination. Yeah. Um, in all its forms. But I mean, th- it's, it's, I, when I watch like cartoons or like mm-hmm. supposedly kids movies, I see more of that, more of like the Black Mirror stuff in those because it's, it's like they're trying to brainwash the kids early, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's the really scary thing. Like you can, like, um, I used to really like House of Cards. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, and then, and this was, this was long before like the whole Kevin Spacey thing yeah. that just came out. But like I stopped watching it because then, you know, I was kind of, this was getting into like 2015, 2016, and like and i was kind of you know getting about that age and following along and i i it it hit too close to home Mm -hmm. and i was like i can't keep doing this like it was like the show was so interesting i finished watching it but like i when that's the next season came out i didn't turn it back on because i was scared did you did you watch anything else when you were growing up (sighs) yeah i got i watched a lot of i was always more of a youtube kid youtube yeah i've never been I've never really been one much for TV. It was always either a something long form in a, as a movie or um, shorter form as like a YouTube video or something like that. YouTube came out. Uh, how old are you? Uh, I'm 20. 20. Yeah. Oh, I man, was you're born pretty, in 1998. Pretty young. YouTube yeah. came out uh, 2008. Yeah. Eight ish. But man, I watched a lot of uh, cartoons growing up, mm-hmm. and just on the topic of whole like society and culture and stuff like that. You ever watch Naruto? I actually, I actually never did. Really? Yeah, I was. See, that was one of the things I always like. Cutting back to what I was talking about earlier, like I wanted to. It looked super cool, but I'm like, if I start talking about Naruto around like the football kids, <laughs> they are like never going to speak to me ever again. So I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so interesting because I, I felt the same way. You know, there's, there's a sort of a split between obviously like the geeks and the nerds and. The jocks, obviously, mm-hmm. football players don't really watch Naruto. They watch like sports and stuff. But I watched a lot of um, a lot of Naruto and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now, especially like when you go on like social media, like Instagram and stuff, everyone always makes Naruto references or like Dragon Ball Z references, mm-hmm. and that's like cool now. Yeah, it's kind of like how like Fortnite became the phenomenon that it is slash was. Yeah, and like all of a sudden, like liking video games is cool now. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just like the social tide has I mean, it, shifted it just dramatically. all shifts. But um, the reason I bring up Naruto specifically mm-hmm. is because it, I don't know about others, but for me, it taught me a lot because, you know, being, being a Japanese anime, of course, it showed a lot of similar things that I feel like everyone goes through, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to be accepted and, you know, wanting to be, everything they can be, you know, and basically if you watch, it's like literally like 600 episodes. Oh yeah. But if you go through it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like you should fight for who you love and you should protect who you love. You know, it's, it's, it's not about who notices you. It's about who cares to notice you, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I I feel like it's, it's really good representation of like, at least for me, how I felt, because I, I felt like, you know, just like you, I felt like I had to be the cool kid. I felt like I had to be like the top dog, especially in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, doing other things and like really kind of watching, watching Naruto, 
not to sound like a geek, I feel like I feel like it sounds like such a nerd. No, not at all. It it really did help me out, you know. And so I I always recommend it to people, just for the the story is cool, but for the lessons, you know, like mm-hmm. the morals. I I was always I always read more when I was little. Oh yeah. I was I consumed so many books. Like I I just thirsted and still do. I'm I'm a curious person by nature and I just read everything I could get my hands on. And I feel like I probably could have used some of that <laughs> Naruto like those <laughs> coming of age lessons because I was always I was always way ahead. Like there there are still I I know these tests are bullshit, but mm-hmm. I I tested to read at an 11th grade level in 3rd grade. Wow. Like it's like I don't know how accurate that is, but and you know i was i was always a smart kid yeah and i feel like that hurt me because i was always on like this this like higher intellectual level mm-hmm. i guess like i was always i always thought about things too hard like i always thought that i like had to be the smart kid all the time mm-hmm. like that was my defining quality and like i couldn't just like i couldn't just like chill out like i couldn't make small talk because i wanted to talk about something important yeah and like, yeah, so having to like chill down away from that was it was kind of difficult when what I surrounded myself with was like college textbooks when yeah. I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the way the way I'm hearing that is 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 kind of like you're putting on the same. I guess you call it mask. You know, like you were trying to be the smartest in the room. Like, like I felt like. I felt like since that was my one like quality that I knew like to be superior because like I got bullied a lot. I was always told like, you know, you're not this or you're not that or whatever. Like I knew that the only objective quality that I had that was better was my brain. And I felt like I had to show that. Yeah. And like, that was like, like I, it was always a competition, and since I apparently couldn't compete any other way, I just had to be smarter. And you know that that doesn't really make you a lot of friends. Yeah, not uh, definitely not back then. Definitely not back then, especially not in like old high school. Yeah. Old high school, that's like kind of like the uh, the TV high school. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like there's the bullies and like they pick on the nerds. You know, freshman Fridays kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, here in I I think for me. I, I grew out of my shell in college. Do you feel the same? Oh, absolutely. Like what happened during that like two year period, like mm-hmm. between when I, you know, didn't come to UNC Charlotte and returned here, I did a lot, a lot of growing. And mm-hmm. I think it really started when I started going back to the gym because like I've always been like a strong proponent of physical fitness because like as I kind of alluded to earlier, your body is a machine. Mm-hmm. Like your body is a tool. It's the tool you use to do everything. Mm-hmm. So you should take care of it and you should like, you know, try and improve it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like going to the gym. I like staying fit, but I hadn't been doing that. I had been smoking too much pot and eating too much Taco Bell. And I was like, <laughs> and I, yeah, I was fat and I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And that, that one thing that decision really turned my life around to say like because it it taught me a lot of lessons it taught me that i can really do something if i set my mind to it Mm -hmm. because i decided like when i when i was playing sports i never had abs because i was 14 but i wanted abs you know like what 14 year old doesn't want abs Mm -hmm. i was like all right i'm 
going to community college. I'm working. I still have tons of free time because I have no friends. Let's go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I started going. And the first day, I was like, God, dude, you have slipped. Like, it was <laughs> it was so bad. But then I kept doing it. I'm like, I'm not going to give up on this the way I've given up on, you know, like pretty much everything else because I felt stuck. I was going to community college. I was like, how the hell am I going to go from working in a factory and going to community college to being an engineer? Like, like where's the, where's the path there? Mm -hmm. Which I know is obviously like, of course there's a path I'm here, Yeah, but it's hard to see that mm -hmm. at those times. And like going back to the gym, like started making that progress and like seeing that I really could do things. It really helped like reignite like that, that fire, like that, that like drive to do something. Mm -hmm. So I feel like working out is good for you mentally, physically, everything. So I feel like that teaches you a lot of lessons about, you know, dedication and the fact that hard work really does pay off. I mean, I have, I call it my douche folder on my phone. <laughs> it's like a hundred pictures of me shirtless because I decided that I was going to do that every day. I was going to take a picture of myself in the mirror shirtless until I was, you know, until I was confident sending it to whoever I wanted. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably the douchiest thing that's going to come out of my mouth today. But like, it's, it's, it's a confidence thing. Yeah. It's necessary. Yeah. It's like, you have to. I am a firm believer that if you don't love yourself, like you can't love anyone else. Mm -hmm. And like I had to, I had to learn to love myself. Yeah. And when you do that, when you have like some self-worth in who you are as a person, then you start to value your own opinion more because I feel like what, like the root cause of people seeking others opinion is that they feel like theirs isn't valid. Yeah. And they feel like, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. I suck. I'm stupid. Yeah. Why would, like, why would I want to do things that I like? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, the purely a confidence thing, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I think that's really pushed on us by society, you know, because we, we want to be successful in everyone mm -hmm. else's eyes. We want to be, you know, that the top dog and that kind of stuff. And so talking about that, I, I want to ask you, like, what's what's your end goal? Like I ask this to everyone, you know, like what, wh where do you see your, like, where do you see successful for yourself? I've never wanted to be rich or famous. Yeah. I've wanted to be happy. That's mm -hmm. something that I learned from a very, from a very young age that when, you know, when I was miserable, like I realized like, even if I had a ton of money, like I could, I realized this as a kid, I said I could have the nicest like video games or computer, or, like whatever the hell I wanted. And I would still be miserable because I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was acutely aware of that fact from a young age. So, honestly, I want a family I'm happy with, mm -hmm. a house I like, mm -hmm. a few nice toys, and that's it. To I toys as in cars, yeah, cars, motorcycles, you know, fun things. Motorcycles, yeah. Like you know, upper middle class and nothing more. I'm really not like I've learned to really appreciate the value in things other than, you know, money mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, more than, more than the physical. Yeah. So it would be more, that would be what I want. If I can be financially stable, comfortable and have some things I like, I don't care about having, you know, supercar this or, you know, flashy gold watch that. Like if I want something that goes fast, Mm -hmm. I'll build it for half the cost of the Lamborghini and it'll whip it. Mm 
mm-hmm. and like this was sixty dollars, and it tells the time and does a ton more. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is, you know, you you care about more less material and, mm-hmm. and more meaningful. Yeah, I feel like, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people could, you know, I feel like one thing that a lot of people need to do is to just like is to just take, you know, five minutes and put away your phone, like put away everything else, and just think about what you really want. Mm-hmm. Like what deep down makes you happy? Because I feel like a lot of people let, and I know I did, like I let other people define what happiness was for me. Yeah. And like you have to, like you're the happy one. You're the only one that knows. Yeah. I mean, for for me, I, you know, it's pretty much the same boat. I don't really care about money. I don't really care about being famous. I mean, this, I I probably spent like a thousand dollars on all this just so I could have some fun. Mm-hmm. You know, just so I could talk to people and interact and have some conversations that I really I'm, I'm passionate about. And I want some dogs. Dogs are dope. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I, I'd love to have some dogs. Do you have a dog? No, oh. I live in a small apartment. So yeah. not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my thing, too. I um, actually think we're going to end up with a cat because I keep oh, thinking really? like I keep thinking like, what's a what's a small self-reliant dog? A <laughs> <Is that> cat. <laughs> I want a cat, but two things. My girlfriend doesn't like cats. Really? She thinks they're vicious, and I'm allergic to cats. Oh, so that's kind of too yeah. big. Yeah, so big, that's like big the robots. big thing, you know? <laughs> and But, man, we both love dogs. Like, there's nothing else that, that brings so much joy, you know? Yeah, we have a German short-haired pointer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and she's, she's been a great part of our family. Are they, are they small? She's about 45 pounds. No, not, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's but... Like medium. Yeah, she's like, she's all legs. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like that tall. Is she well trained? I mean, (laughs) it depends (laughs) on what your definition of well trained is. I mean, like as far as like coming back when you call and like not running off and doing anything dumb. Yeah, but if you want her to do a backflip or (laughs) yeah, anything, not that well trained. No, no. As long as she knows the basics. Oh yeah, we have like a hunting collar for her that like beeps. It's got like a mile range. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because she can run. Like, I've been flat out down hills on my bike, and she's still just galloping past me. Yeah, I mean, pointers, those are like hunting dogs. So, yeah. So, like, they got to be I've, they're bred for speed. I've seen her run down deer, rabbits, all different. Deer, really? Yeah. Like, she've, um, where I live, it's kind of out in the country, mm. and uh, we have a bunch of land behind our house that we don't own, but the owner lets us walk her back there. And I'll be walking down like a firebreak trail and I see like a pack of deer like jump over the trail and then not two seconds later there's Rosie just flying across. Just booking it. Yeah. She sounds like she sounds like a horse. Like if she comes (laughs) running up behind you, it sounds like a horse galloping. That's pretty scary. Yeah. No. Especially at night. (laughs) Oh no, yeah. We call these um we call her the hug buster because if you hug in front of her, mm-hmm. she will come galloping up at full speed and like throw herself between your legs <laughs> and to try and like split you up because she wants to be involved. Man, that's yeah, forty five pounds of dog at thirty miles an hour, kind of. That's yeah, that's like a that's like a cannon. Carry some energy. Did you have any other dogs growing up? Yeah, we had another German short haired pointer. His name was Hunter. He died in my arms. Oh yeah. Yeah. Old age. No, he got hit by a car. Oh man! Yeah, we were outside. Uh, we were outside playing one day, and I heard like, I heard brake screech to a stop, and I knew, and 
Yeah, I ran through the woods and yeah, that's pretty tough. There, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm I'm glad he he went he went peacefully. Yeah, he, that's I think I think death is death is part of life. Yeah, and I think that it's more, especially considering my experiences with death. I've I've always like. Like now, I want to go out. I want to go out on my terms. Yeah, I mean, death doesn't doesn't discriminate. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's gonna come for all of us eventually, and you know, it's just one of those things that necessarily we don't have to like get used to, but we have to get acquainted with it. I guess mm-hmm. you know, we have to understand what it is, kind of stuff. My friend actually, they had a uh, what was he? Some sort of terrier, Jack Russell Terrier, and I think he's about like twelve. But he had cancer for pretty much like two or three years. Mm. And, you know, it's definitely one of those tough things to get used to. I mean, I love that dog. Mm. You know, he was great. Um, Super smart, too. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that, especially with, with like, family members, because dogs are family members, you know. Of course. But it's it's just super tough. But um, let's check the time real quick. 48 minutes. Pretty good. Pretty good episode. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh no, I was I'm I'm good to keep talking if you are. Yeah, yeah, if you had um about like my experiences with death. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh one of my I did auto tech in high school. That was one of the first things that helped me kind of find myself was Mm -hmm. because it was the first time I'd really been able to be put in like a place where other people were into the same things I was. Mm -hmm. And my auto tech teacher, Mr. Cox, he was I was like the son he never had because he had a daughter. And uh, <laughs> you could tell from the way he talked about it, he wasn't that happy about it. <laughs> I mean, he don't don't get me wrong. Alicia's, Alicia's awesome, and so is Mr. Cox. But he was, I was always his kind of son. Yeah. And uh, I took his class four times. Be- wow. And I had to talk to the principal the second two times. <laughs> but... um. So I spent a lot of time in there, and I had a friend who was in there. His name was David, mm-hmm. and um, my first WRX, the one I have now is my second, is uh, that thing was a total piece of garbage, and it was in the shop at school for like a year mm-hmm. because we decided to do like a project out of it. There's a, um, there was like a, uh, the name's escaping me at the moment, but there was like a, oh yeah, Skills USA. It's like a technical skills competition. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a team project category and you do like a big automotive project and like you document it and you do a presentation. And so we rebuilt the engine in my WRX. Wow. And um, so I worked with David every day on that. And, you know, so, you know, we became not like best friends, but, you know, yeah, but we were pretty, you know, like we were cool. And he was like, we hung out sometimes. And he was always more of like a party kid, and I wasn't so much into that scene. So I, we never hung out that much like outside of school. And uh, and one day, about like probably a year into my like about twenty seventeen, I got a call, and um, he had his him and his girlfriend had gotten into a fight at prom, and he went home locked himself in the shed and shot himself. Wow. Yeah. And he's the, the last person I would have ever expected from that from. He was always, you know, just a, he wasn't, you know, a 
perfect dude, but yeah. you know, he was he was a good kid and yeah. he was he was always happy. He always had, you know, a smile and a joke. And it just I went to his funeral and I saw people like I hadn't seen since high school and that really that really crystallized to me what like like what my family always almost went through mm-hmm. and like really drove it home even more that like life is precious mm-hmm. and you only get like you only get one of them yeah and like you you got to you got to live for you like saying you only live once is now become a stupid phrase but back then you know yeah it's it's really true yeah and you can't that doesn't mean to like you know go blow all your money and yeah you know party in the night away because you're only gonna live once like it means like you need to do what makes you happy yeah because you don't every second that you spend like just doesn't come back yeah i mean that's you know it's again going back to like the original kind of depression suicide topic Mm -hmm. and a little bit on that whole kind of um mentality i guess Mm -hmm. topic you know everyone's got issues everyone's got something that that they really need to talk through um and so i mean this is just like i guess for everyone listening you know that no matter who you meet and no matter who you hang out with you should always try and and make sure that they understand that you're you're gonna be there for them you know because you know we do only live once but we're all in this together exactly And the biggest fight of our life isn't, you know, against each other. It's basically for our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, if, if you're if you're ever feeling, like, some type of way or you feel like someone's feeling some type of way, you, you just got to reach out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of my biggest issues and one of the main reasons why I felt the way I felt throughout most of high like, all of high school, a lot of college, was was because I couldn't I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone and you know doing this podcast I've, I've talked about it before but doing this podcast has been amazing for me um and you know for you like what what are your thoughts on that well yeah I feel like I feel like talking about it is the best thing you can do because I used to have what I called like this black box which was like this my like emo little you know manifestation of you know where I like crushed all my emotions down and tried not to feel them mm-hmm. and you know you can only do that for so long and then it cracks open and then like then like really like bad things happen like i got i got scary dark like mm-hmm. so and i feel like so really talking about it and getting these things out there is the best thing you can do yeah. because like th- the motivation you have to want to be helped mm-hmm. that has to come from you but other people can help you. Yeah. Like when like when people say only you can help yourself, like that's that's not 100% true. Yeah. Like you need other people can definitely, you know, help you along the way, but you can't as long as you're the one, you know, that's the driving force behind it. Mm-hmm. But you have to get it out. You have to talk about it. And I feel that that's why I'm very open about it now. Like I'll tell pretty much anyone who asks like, I mean, obviously, I'm not just going to, like, unload on them. Yeah. Like, yeah. over coffee or something. But yeah. if it's, like, the right situation, then, like, yeah, I am I have no problem telling pretty much anyone about it because the fact that I can tell someone about that and they say, wow, really? I would have never guessed. And I say, yeah, I'm a lot better now. And that's, like, 
like that's the most positive affirmation of the fact that I am healthier now is the fact that I can, you know, one, people don't think that I'm sad and two, like I can say it and I can believe it. Yeah. And I mean, I hate how it is, but we, in this current day and age, I mean, it's getting better with like the, I guess the more, um, I don't know how to say it, but you know, people are getting more aware Mm -hmm. that there are issues like this, but I remember back in the day, you know, anytime you had like a mental issue, especially like facing any kind of like thoughts like that, it was really hard to, to, to really do anything about it, you know, especially way back then when they still had like asylums and like, you know, loony bins kind of stuff. They called it shell shock. Yeah. They called it shell shock. I mean, it's literally not what it is. Like it, it has nothing to do with that at all. No, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just all around us. And the more you hear about it, the more you feel like not only can you talk about it, but you can discover, you know, things about yourself that you didn't even know, you know? Like I, I used to think that like I I used to, I guess I've had kind of like a, a lot of my like reawakening has kind of been like realizing like the way that I thought about things before was, you know, kind of wrong. Like I used to be like, why do they make a big deal about like, so-and-so being in this movie or not like like why is it a big deal that like there's a white guy playing like an asian dude Mm -hmm. or something like that and then like it was really actually this kind of thing that i realized like the more i hear it like around me like the more i hear people talking about it and the more you know it's kind of like out there in the public consciousness that these things are issues and they they need to be talked about yeah is like like it, it helps mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of maybe not a lot but I've definitely noticed like an uptick in people being like you know either more aware of it or more like willing to talk about it mm-hmm. I feel like kind of like the culture of the day is also like you know the meme culture like ironic humor yeah like I feel like that's also helping in a weird kind of way because people use humor as a coping mechanism Yeah. And I feel like now that since it's okay and like funny to like joke about those kinds of things, it's kind of like coming more out into the open. Like if people are making all these like jokes about suicide and memes, then like clearly there's lots of people thinking about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree on that. You know, like the whole meme culture where, you know, people can can make fun of those types of things, Mm -hmm. but then. You know, it's it's so weird because originally it started with like trolls. Yeah, exactly. You know, people just messing with other people because there was no face to it, right? You didn't have to look at that person when you said those mm-hmm. things you said or did those things you did, whatever. But then obviously it got to the point where it's just like, oh, this troll is funny. Let's keep doing this troll. But then it transitioned into this troll's not funny, and here's why. You know, and it it's evolved to the point where like, obviously there's still people out there that are completely indifferent to these types of things. But then, you know, you get to see like the whole, um, I guess the biggest example I can give is like the me too movement kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, where it's just like, it's more accepted to, to actually come out and it's more, people are more able and willing to actually express these types of things. You know, I think that social media amplifies voices. Yeah. And that is most definitely a blessing and a curse for sure. And in um, it's a blessing in a lot of ways that 
like ideas are getting out there and are becoming normalized that have desperately needed to for years and decades but the but at the same time also it's made like very it's let vocal minorities find each other and become even more vocal yeah i mean it's it's like a it's a double-edged sword exactly it's helping in one way but in others it's just kind of i wouldn't say making it worse Mm -hmm. but it's not really helping yeah you know i I feel like (laughs) one of my favorite lines from any movie ever is actually from open season (laughs) and it's a deer holding a cup of coffee and he sips the coffee and he says he like sips it and he's like gross gross and then he like keeps drinking it and he's like it's horrible and awesome at the same time it's like freedom in a cup (laughs) and i'm like that is a surprisingly profound observation from a deer drinking coffee that you know really everything like everything has the potential for abuse Mm -hmm. and that i feel like it's something that a lot of people need to you know keep in mind that just because something produces bad things doesn't mean that it doesn't also produce good ones yeah actually a couple episodes ago i was talking to a friend of mine who you know he went through like alcoholism and you know obviously it's a bad addiction but he sort of replaced it with a good addiction basically we, we do jujitsu together i'm not sure if you know what that is like yeah. jiu-jitsu. yeah we, we do it together do it quite often and it's one of those it's a heavy addiction because you know you want to keep training, you want to keep doing it, you mm-hmm. want to keep getting better. And there's good things about it because, you know, confidence boost, self-defense, physical fitness, a little bit of, I guess, you know, mentality change, you know, mm-hmm. discipline, humility, things like that. But it's also bad for you because, man, I'll tell you what, like, my body is just hurting me. And, like, the other day I actually, I, re- you know, I, I grew up pretty an angry kid. Mm-hmm. And I really have an issue with controlling my anger. Mm-hmm. And the other day, like, I just had to get off the mats because, like, I was feeling that type of way. I was feeling some type of way. And, you know, it's that's the bad because when I do something physical like that, I have to get a little bit upset, you yeah. know, especially if I'm getting beat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's the type of addiction that I think, you know, like you said, it's good and bad, but it's more good than anything, you know? You know, that, like... Yeah, that's something I have to try and like avoid now. I call it I call it the roar. The roar. Yeah, like you know when you know when you get like you get like really really like pumped up yeah. in like a fight or something. Yeah. I've never actually been in a fight, but like you know like <laughs> like or like football or whatever. Yeah. You just get amped. Yeah, and it's like it's like Dragon Ball Z like he's doing and the thing. powering up. <laughs> yeah, and it's like flashing like lightning and stuff. It's like that kind of feeling. Like I can't like like I've realized that I was addicted to that feeling and I got addicted to like those, I, I was addicted to being sad. I realized that yeah. like it was like I wanted to like before, like I was, even as I was getting better, like I found myself like searching for ways to make myself sad again. Cause like I wanted to feel it again mm-hmm. and like, I can't explain it. I don't know yeah. why. I mean, I can't explain why I get angry. Like I'll yeah. be just sitting there and all of a sudden, like I feel this hot, hot rage but you know like you i like going to the gym Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the best places for me to be because it gives me a release yeah it's a it's a yeah it's a healthy release yeah that's where i can like i can like i can like tap into that Mm -hmm. and it's positive yeah and 
you know, the, I think everyone needs an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to call it an addiction. I think an obsession mm-hmm. is better. Even better than that is like a passion. You know, yeah. everyone needs one because it like, keeps you, you know, centered, keeps you cool. That's that's why I want to that's why I want to be an engineer so much because I love like I love like I've always considered myself a very artistic person with no artistic talent. (laughs) (laughs) So when I go when I do like my CAD work or my design work, it's like I love the I love I'm passionate about creating things. Mm -hmm. I just I do it better with machines than I do my hands. Mm And like, so I, I definitely know what you mean about like, I feel like everyone needs a passion mm-hmm. and like, I feel like so many people are like, my passion is like, I hear it all the time. My passion is video games. I want to be a professional video game player. Yeah. I mean, if anyone says that I automatically kind of like tune them out, but you know, the, anyway, they're like, you can be passionate about something and find a way to express it that's both helpful to yourself and society like like you could if you were really passionate about video games there's like a thousand jobs you can do in the computer science field that don't in or game design or anything that don't involve you know playing video games all day yeah and i feel like too many people are like oh, I'll never get to do what my passion is because it's X and X has no money or X has no jobs and they don't look for how to incorporate that into, they don't they don't broaden their horizons. Yeah. They're like, like I said, I'm passionate about play, playing video games, so I have to be a professional video game player. It's mm-hmm. it's a very narrow view of what yeah. your passion is. I mean, they, they a lot of people kind of narrow it down to like, is this a lifestyle that... I can live off of, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll tell you one thing, you know, jujitsu is one of those things where it's just, it's like statistically impossible to make profit off of it. Like it's oh. statistically impossible to make a living off of it. It like, there's no one does professional jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, some people do like at the highest level though, but, but these guys like, are like physical freaks. You that's know? like, that's like 50 people in the yeah. entire world. It's like, it's like Olympic level people, you know, people you're going to, people you're never going to meet. Mm-hmm. Right. And like other people, they find workarounds, you know, like I have a corporate job and I just go train and that's, it's still a lifestyle for me. But then other people, you know, they get to a point like 15, 20 years in where they can just open their own gym and then use that, you know, they're, they're still doing it, mm-hmm. but they're not doing it professionally per se, you know? And yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, they also lock themselves into like this. If I can't do my passion tomorrow, then why bother? Yeah. Like what I want to do eventually is I want to, I want to have, um, I want to have my own shop where I design and manufacture, you know, aftermarket automotive parts. Like I want to, I want to make modifications for other cars, but I don't think that I'm going to be able to do that. Like tomorrow or the day after I graduate or anything like that's a that's a long-term goal Mm -hmm. and back to like 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 you were saying about like jujitsu and like physical fitness and things like that I feel like that teaches you a lot of lessons about like long-term goals yeah because even though like it takes like a few months for you to see like progress like when you're working out like that that's that's a blip Mm -hmm. on like any realistic time scale 
like you look at yourself in the mirror every day so you see it on the day-to-day yeah but once you've kind of like learned that things do take time to grow and develop you have an easier time saying oh well it's okay if we can wait a year for this or I feel like the biggest problem with people's like goal setting, if they do it at all, which is really important, is they set huge goals and then they don't set smaller ones along the way. Yeah, you need you need the stepping stones. You mm-hmm. need the steps per, for you know you can't make stairs without steps. Exactly. You, you yeah exactly like that's why I have like the activity counter thing turned on on my watch. And it's always there in the corner. Every time I look at it, I can see, like, how much have you moved today? Mm-hmm. Have you been lazy today? And it's just, so even though my, like, daily physical fitness goal isn't even necessarily to go to the gym every day, because even though I normally do, that's just not always possible. Mm-hmm. But it's always to fill that little red ring. Yeah. And, like, so if I can accomplish that goal every day, then I've accomplished something. Yeah, I mean... You know, the, the whole goal setting thing is, is vastly important for everything you do, right? And especially with fitness goals, because a lot of people give up when they don't see results. Um, and a lot of people, they don't want to work for it. Exactly. You know, but the thing is, like, if you want to achieve your goals and if you want to achieve your dreams, then you have to love what you're doing to get there. You know, it's what what's that saying? It's if not you, about the destination, it's about the journey yeah. or whatever. Or if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, exactly. Like things like that, you know, like those those mantras mm-hmm. are like essential to, to figuring out like what you want to be or yeah, what you want to be and like what you want to do, you know. Uh, let's see what time is it now. Mm-hmm. About an hour and a half. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Sheesh. Two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that I mean that was that was a that was a long talk. How'd you feel about it? I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, yeah, I like doing this kind of thing. I could talk about that all day. Yeah. Do you want to start your own podcast now? <laughs> it won't be as nice as this one, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll tell you, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of labor, for for not a lot of like literally no profit. Um, especially, you know, it's just, again, same thing. It's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if I make money off of it or anything, you know, I'm doing, I do it cause I love it. Yeah. If you, yeah. That's where, that's where things need to start. Like yeah. if you're, if you're going into something for the money, like it would, it would be foolish to say that if you're going into something for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. But if the only reason you're doing something yeah. is for the money, yeah. that's a problem. I mean, to build off of that, I think if the first reason is about money then it may not be something that you want to do for the rest of your life kind of yeah. thing you know like if money's on like money like w- we live in a society you need money yeah like money is always going to be on the list but yeah. if it's number one and there's a big gap between that and number two well, yeah exactly. Y- exactly you got a problem like you know going back to professional gamers if you want to make money as a professional gamer and that's like number one, then good luck. Yeah. No, you're not you're not going to make money. Yeah. And like I feel like that's why some people are successful at it because they love it so much and like that that passion shines through. Like I feel like that's why people like those like watching their Twitch streams or their yeah. YouTube channels because they are passionate about it and people enjoy 
you know, seeing other people be passionate yeah. about things. If they could bring a life to it. Yeah, exactly. And they, so they get to do what they want and then like they would be doing it anyway, even if they weren't getting paid for it. And yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of kids don't, don't like realize. They're like, oh, I want to be like so-and-so because he gets paid this much money to play video games. It's like, no, such and somebody plays video games all day and they also happen to get paid for it. Like they've got, they've got the priorities mixed up. Yeah. Um, Conveniently enough, um, I watch StarCraft, mm-hmm. professional StarCraft. Uh, yeah, I, I I love watching professional StarCraft. Yeah, like it's it's insane, right? It, yeah, it's like nothing else. Like I don't, I've tried to play StarCraft. I'm terrible at it, and like it's not really my kind of game. I play World of Warships. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, really. I know. Like that's the most off the wall. Love, I love me some Dude, World War Two. StarCraft is just one of those things where it's like it's incredible to watch. But um, on the topic of like why they do it. Mm-hmm. I watched the interviews because I'm, I'm pretty into it, but I watched some of the interviews and like none of them are in it for the money. No. Even though they make fairly large amount, especially at the highest level. Like I think, um, you know, like, like high level Starcraft prize pools are millions of dollars. Yeah. Like there, there was just one tournament, um, last week. Yeah. Last week that like the top dollar prize, like he made at least 150 K. And like, that's that's just from winning, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the nothing else. The team pay, you know, all this, all this other stuff, and you know, a lot of them, all they care about is just being, being better. Yeah, like they 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 want like their passion is being better at StarCraft, yeah. and they happen to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all about, I guess, clout, clout chasing. Yeah, you know, they God. want the trophies. They want you know, like the accolades see that that's just to to show that they were better that day you know that's never really been something that i got though like the trophies yeah like i was never i never really understood it because i've never wanted to be famous yeah like i've never i've never really cared about being like maybe not in first like i just wanted to do like I wanted just wanted to do what I could because I realized from a very young age that like you're not going to be the best at anything and you're probably going to suck at a lot of things. Yeah. So I feel like going for trophies and things. I feel like you should only go for things like trophies and things that you're passionate about. Yeah. And I guess if you're passionate about winning, then like more unto you. But I've I've always enjoyed kind of the journey more than the destination. Like I enjoy. I never do like one rep maxes in the gym. Like I don't particularly care about like what the highest number is. I like working out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, you know, I work out. I mean, I'll tell you, my numbers are pretty, pretty bad if you actually looked at it. Oh yeah. I'm sure that if I did some one RMs, it would be pretty pathetic, but I can also do like, I can also do muscle ups. Like I'm clearly not weak. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's all about, you know, what, what's important to you in terms of like how you want to how how you want your fitness journey to go, you know, and I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's we've we've had a lot to talk about. Yeah, had a lot to talk about. Yeah, we just kind of keep going back into it. It's a mark of a good conversation. Yeah, it's hard to walk away <laughs> yeah. from. Uh, but any other topics? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I could come up with something. <laughs> Where uh, these headphones are kind of pinching my head, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, like right here. I have a weird bump in my head. Oh really? Yeah, it's I, I don't know what it's from, but yeah, it's always made like this weird bump in my hair. I have to get it like 
cut a lot otherwise there will be like a like a piece that sticks up there <laughs> that's weird man like a kind of like a uh what's it called pinhead kind of thing no no like 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 there's literally like half like not like half a golf ball like the top like quarter of a golf ball and it's just like slapped on top of my head right there <laughs> it's, you've gotten an x-ray of it it's weird um i mean i've had my head x-rayed before i was in a car crash and i got a concussion from that but yeah oh another topic i'm passionate about if let your kid drive fast cars but make sure they know how to drive them first yeah, I got in the back seat of a Focus RS with a 16-year-old who had learned just learned how to drive stick on that okay. car, and uh, he rolled it at 80 miles an hour, and I was in the back seat wearing like the lap belt, and I hit both door panels and then the roof. Man, and yeah, well, at least you're alive. Yeah, yeah, that was another one I walked away from. Yeah. But I mean. I figured if there was anything wrong with it, the doctors would have told me by now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're still walking around, you're still doing your thing. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, man, it's been, it's been a good, uh, hour and a half, a little bit more than that, but you know, it's, it's been good. Yeah, um, been good. you know, thank you for having or coming on. Um, yeah. You got any shout outs? Eh, not really. <laughs> no, no sign offs. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe hopefully we could do this again. Yeah, for Maybe sure. Maybe you'll hear from me again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, if you if you wanted to be on, we can do a part two. Um, probably not anytime soon, just because, oh, yeah, no. you know. Yeah, just because you don't want to talk to the same person all the time. Well, no, uh, work, uh, holidays, oh, things yeah. like that. Um, oh, man, things are coming up fast. Yeah, so Ooh. it's 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 been a speedy year. Oh, yeah. It's ever since, ever since uh, the new year, it's just been full throttle. Yeah. But, um yeah, Chandler, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, um, no I got to do my usual sign-off, but if you don't have one. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah, until next time. But, uh, guys, thank you for listening. Um, that was Chandler. He, uh awesome guy. Goes to UNCC. Got a pretty cool Sector 9 longboard. But, um, you know, if you guys if you guys like that episode, I try and post every Monday. This one's going to go up next Monday, which would be... What day is that? Uh, that would be a... F- wouldn't that be April 1st? No, no, no. Wait, what's what's this coming Monday? Well, next the twenty fifth. Oh, that's no, kind of next I'm, month. Uh, I have a big day at work on the thirtieth. I'm so I'm I'm already dreading it. It's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, for you guys that are uh, new listeners, you know, same spiel. You guys, if if you guys want to hear more, again, same thing. Post every Monday. But for the regular listeners, thank you guys so much for the continued support. You know, it's it's really cool just be even if this is a passion for me it's really cool seeing the number go up just because you know it's cool that people are at least listening to what i have to say uh, but otherwise thank you so much for listening have an amazing day get out there get hungry and good luck